The following program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Beach Corner with Diana Chickie is sponsored by Exchanging Vows Bridal Boutique in Collingwood, Ontario. Visit exchangingvowsbridalboutique.com for all your wedding and formal wear needs. Hi, this is Brent Butt, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio. I'm Dinah Chickie with Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio, your backstage pass for all your entertainment. With the upcoming revival of Corner Gas as an animated TV series created and written by Brent Butt and David Story that premiered this past Monday on the Comedy Network, I thought I would rebroadcast my phone interview with the writer, producer and star Brent Butt. Brent at the time was performing at Neeper Hall back in January 2014 and the feature film Corner Gas the movie was released in December that same year. After all, Corner Gas and Wasaga Beach have a lot in common. They are both small towns, except Wasaga Beach has the longest freshwater beach in the world. Let's hope we can have the pleasure of welcoming Brent Butt in the near future to our community. You're listening to Beach Corner, brought to you by Exchanging Vows Bridal Boutique in Collingwood on Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's only truly local radio. Hi, I'm Andrew McNeil, Director of Economic Development and Tourism of Wasaga Beach, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio. You're listening to Beach Corner on BeachBoosterRadio.com. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome via phone, Brent Butt. Welcome to Beach Corner, Brent. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. You never anticipated an acting career. However, you created one of the highest Canadian-rated sitcom on primetime schedule, Corner Gas, set in the tiny town of Dog River. Where did you get this concept for this successful TV series? Well, in some ways, I lived it. I mean, I grew up in small-town Saskatchewan. I used to hang out at the gas station. Um, so the background of it is kind of... You know, the, the basic idea behind it was, what would my life have been like if I hadn't pursued show business? And the notion was, I'd probably be back in my hometown hanging out at the gas station like I always did as a kid. And so that was kind of the impetus of it, and I'm just kind of involved into this idea of a, a, sh- a show, but, you know, a backdrop for a show. I initially wrote, started writing it, actually. I was writing a movie, and um, the, the movie was such that it could kind of take place anywhere. So I thought, well, why not small-town Saskatchewan? Um, it wasn't really working as a movie. Okay. I really liked the characters and the backdrop, and I, I thought this should just be a TV show, something where the characters and the dialogue can shine. And so I wrote it up as a treatment for a, a half-hour TV show instead. So did you ever think Corner Gas would be a, a successful TV sitcom? No. And When I wrote it up, I didn't think anybody would be interested in it at all, actually, and I didn't I didn't even pitch it. Um, a friend of mine who's a director, David Story, came to me and basically said, you know, CTV is looking for ideas, and they want to know if you have any um, ideas for a TV show. And um, I said, well, I have this one that I wrote. It's a treatment for a show that takes place in a small prairie gas station. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about it a bit, and he told the network about it, and they were interested right away. And so they wanted to read the treatment that I wrote. But even to the point when they ordered the show, we still didn't think anybody was going to watch. And we didn't, you know, we thought it was great that we were going to get a chance to do the show, but we didn't expect an audience. 
Wow, that's amazing. So, Quarter Gas, the movie was released December 3rd. Are you planning to produce a sequel? No, I have no plans to.、Uh, you know, for me, this was always, you know, I wanted to kind of, like, from the moment we wrapped up the series, I thought it'd be good if we could come back one day and do a movie.、Um, just as a kind of cherry on top、uh, mm-hmm. and a bit of a thank you to the fans and, you know, kind of revisit it one more time. But that was always. My intent was to revisit one more time. Okay. So you were born and raised in a small farming town, as you mentioned earlier, in Saskatchewan. What are your fondest memories of growing up in a small community? Probably the amount of sports that we play. You know, I was just kind of always on the go, always outside playing baseball or, or hockey or, you know, just kind of always on the go out and about with, with friends. It, it was a great place to grow up.、Mm-hmm. I, you know, for whatever reason, Though, for, for me, like I had a great time growing up, but I always knew that I didn't want to live in a small town when I grew up. I, always, I knew I wanted to pursue show business, and I, I just didn't understand why we were living in a small town. Because <laughs> to me, it was like every, everything goes on in the big city. Why aren't we there? <laughs> Interesting. So you're the youngest of seven children. Did you feel the need for attention amongst your siblings? I think so. I mean, not, not so much attention as, a, as I don't remember seeking attention as much as I remember seeking approval. And there was no you know, more cut and dry way to feel like you were getting approval than to get laughed.、Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were, you know, we, we laughed a lot in my family. We made each other laugh.、Um, that was just the thing to do, was to kind of try and crack each other up. My mother and father were both、um, very funny. In different ways, and my siblings could all make me laugh. And so it was just kind of a very narrow, I just grew up in a very funny, humorous environment. So, when did you decide you were going to be a comedian? I was 12 years old when I informed my mother that I was going to be a stand up comedian. It was, that I had, it was when I first saw a stand up comedian. I'd never seen somebody just doing that before. I, you know, I'd see comedic actors and, and sketch comedians and stuff. And, I'd never just seen somebody talking and being funny until one day, the summer holidays, I was home from school, and the, the old Alan Hamill show was on TV. Okay. And they had a comedian on there. His name was Kelly Monteith. And I just, I'd never seen that. I'd never seen a guy just come out in front of people and talk and be funny, make them laugh. And I was immediately transfixed and I immediately thought, well, this is what I do with my friends. I didn't realize this was a thing you could do、mm-hmm. for a living as a career. And when he was done, I just went over and I said to my mom, I'm going to be a stand up comedian. And how did she react? You know, when you're, the, when you're the seventh, it's kind of like, okay, sure, go knock yourself out. <laughs> you know, it's, I, always, I always joke and say, she said, go do it outside. That was usually her response to whatever we wanted to do. Well, go do it outside. <laughs> go do it outside. As long as it was outside of the house and wasn't breaking the law, go do it. <laughs> Did you take it? She was actually very supportive of it. She was like, I think she was intrigued by the notion and wondered why. It was a weird thing to hear her kids say. And so she just kind of. But I remember the fact that she treated it very kind of. She didn't poo poo the idea or think I was crazy. She just kind of was like, oh, why do you want to do that? And we talked about it. And. I think that was really important to me that, that this kind of crazy dream that I had wasn't immediately discredited.、Mm-hmm. Gave it some validity. So, did you take any acting lessons? No. You can probably tell when you watch me act. 
that I never did. I was. I, was, I can't tell. It looks great. <laughs> I was, well, thank you. I was thinking about taking acting lessons just around the time I started getting parts. So I thought, well, I better not screw this up. <laughs> um, you know, I'd started, I'd got a couple um, small roles from, you know, I wasn't auditioning a lot, but every now and then something would come up that, because I wasn't really pursuing the acting thing. I was all about stand-up. But every now and then, they would, a part would come across my manager's desk that she thought I would be good for, and she would send me out to audition. And once I got a couple of those, I thought, you know, uh, whatever I'm doing seems to be working. I don't want to mess with it. So I didn't take any classes. So what are the qualities of a good comedian? Um, you know, an, an ability to get laughs is a big, a big part of it. That's the nuts and bolts of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you kind of have to have one eye that's nearsighted and one eye that's farsighted. You have to look at things simultaneously see the big picture and simultaneously see tiny details that most people overlook, can't focus on. And when, when you see both of them at the same time, there's an inherent strangeness and the result of that often is comedic. And so I, I think most comedians, I always say comedians aren't people who make others laugh. They're com- comedians are people who laugh at things nobody else does. And so you kind of have to have that Ability to see something funny where most people don't. Okay. And and then the craftsmanship comes in in delivering that, finding a way to get the thought that's in your head into the thoughts of an audience. It's much different than acting. Yeah, it's a very finite. You know, you have a very specific goal in mind, and that is to get a laugh. Whereas acting is a is a. Uh, there's more shades of gray to acting, I think. Mm-hmm. There's, um, you know, you, you, you're trying to, you're you're a part of a story. Okay. And, um, you're it's a bit more of a, it's a team sport, and um, it's very reactionary. Whereas stand up really isn't, you know, stand up isn't really reactionary, and it's really it's not about the big picture. It's like it's not about storytelling. You you know, it's really about it's about the gag. It's about the funny. That's really what it is. It's just about what's funny about this. Here's a here's a situation, or here's an object, or here's uh, an individual, and mm-hmm. here's what I think is funny about it. So it's a very specific goal you're trying to get. And with with acting, there's there's a you know there's there's more. It's more scripted. I don't want to say layers, but there's there's more pieces of the puzzle. Well, joining me today is Brent Buck via phone. Let's take a short break. You're listening to Beach Corner on BeachBoosterRadio.com. Is your new or existing business looking for recognition in Wasaga Beach? Beach Booster Group is your one-stop shop for all things local, all things promotional. Beach Booster will succeed in creating a complete local promotional package that can include high-profile outdoor, print, and radio promotion of your business and services. Beach Booster's community events offer additional opportunity for visible participation of your company in the Wasaga Beach area. Beach Booster Promotions also specializes in all types of promotional products and apparel to help you create your local and professional profile. Contact us at info at beachbooster.com or call 705-241-9762. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. Beach Booster. 
Welcome back to Beach Corner on BeachBoosterRadio.com with my special guest via phone, Brent Butt, who will be performing at Meaford Hall on Monday, January 12th. Brent, you've traveled all over the world with your stand-up comedy. How do you keep yourself motivated? I don't know. It's never really been a problem for me for whatever reason. I don't know if there's some neuroses I have that gives me some drive. But it's kind of a, you know, I find myself in a strange position often because I... I'm kind of simultaneously ambitious and lazy, and it makes for it makes for a weird state of being sometimes. <laughs> I'm, I'm physically, naturally a very lazy person, but intellectually, I'm not necessarily lazy. And so, um, those two things are conflict sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I, I like what I do, and that helps a lot. Yeah, that always be helps. motivated if you like what you're doing. Absolutely, I totally agree. So for people who have watched you for years on Corner Gas but never seen you live on stage, what can they expect on January 12th? I don't know. I never know really how to answer that question. I always say expect to see a guy talking, you know, a guy standing up and yakking. That's, that's, it doesn't sell a lot of tickets when you put it that way. I, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, it's, you know, it's standard comedy. It's a, It's... If you're a fan of stand-up, or if you're you know a fan of humor in general, that's what stand-up is, and and that's what I'll be providing. You know, I, I come out on stage, talk to the audience, I tell them what I think is funny, and you know the fun. The, the, the great thing about it is that I really truly enjoy doing stand-up, and it's like anything else. If you you know if you're if you're with somebody who's genuinely having a good time, it, it's infectious and. That's one of the things I like about get, performing live is getting up in front of people and doing what you do and loving it and trying to get them to love it back. And it ends up being just something really special that you don't get in life outside of performing. I, I, it's, it's a feeling I don't get anywhere in life outside of performing. Getting up in front of an audience, mm-hmm. trying to share a notion, trying to make people laugh and, and making them laugh is... Um, I know it's just the best thing in the world to me, and it's for me, it's the most you know, it's the most real thing for me. Okay, and Canadian comedian Jamie Hutchinson will be your opening act. So you've done stand-ups. What? With I him. hate that guy. <laughs> you've done stand-ups for more than a decade. So how did you guys meet? <laughs> we actually met doing stand-up in the late '80s in Toronto. We were both uh, booked to perform at a club, and uh, you know, just kind of. All the comics hang out, and you kind of get to know each other, and he's just somebody that, um, you know, we made each other laugh, and we enjoyed each other's company, and we we uh, were booked to do a week together at a club in Windsor, Ontario, and from that time, spending that week together, we were, you know, we were pals. We were guys who called each other up to go hang out, and, um, you know, we ended up being, he was the best man at my wedding, I was the best man at his wedding, and, and he's just one of the most naturally funny people I've ever met. And um, a great guy to be on the road with. He's also a great um, problem solver. So when you're on the road, sometimes issues come up and the problem solver. He's a great guy to have around. He can he can fix a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but he's also, you know, I love standing in the wings and watching him work in front of a crowd. It's he's such a funny guy. So, what do you enjoy most when you're on stage? Just kind of the whole process. I just love being out there. I love that moment of walking out in front of an audience and, and you know, you're kind of wondering, well, how's this going to go? Because every audience is completely different. Every every 
anytime you collect a bunch of individuals and mush them together into one entity, it becomes its own creature. You don't know what it likes or what it doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very mercurial. And so, I mean, I always kind of like that moment of before I started, when I'm either in the wings or just walking out, I like that moment of saying, well, I wonder how this is going to go. So do you prepare like a script or something like before you go out? Like, is everything all set up for you in your mind or how do you do this? It's not really. I mean, the the bits are written, but you don't necessarily know what bits you're going to do. Okay. Just from, you know, I've been doing stand up now 27 years. This is my 27th or 28th year of doing stand up. Over that time, you just amass a wealth of material. And you kind of, you know, you you could think of it as like a little grab bag, a little holster of stuff that you have. And what you do on any given night, what you pull out of that holster is dependent upon how the show is going and what the crowd is reacting to. Like if they're, if you can tell the crowd isn't into sports jokes and you were thinking of doing a bunch of sports jokes, you got to kind of call an audible and replace that. You you kind of go, okay, well the sports stuff isn't flying, I'm going to try something else and go back to the tickle trunk, you know? So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of building your act based on w- what the audience wants, but it's, you know, it is comprised of stuff that you've written. Mm-hmm. You just don't know what stuff is going to fly that, until you get out there. So I read you enjoy meeting your fans after the show. It seems to be a big highlight amongst them. Do you have any favorite stories you'd like to share? Um, about meeting fans? <laughs> yes. Uh, nothing really leaves to mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish I had a big crazy anecdote or something, but I mean, generally people are very nice, and very cool, and, um, you know, that's that's why I enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have had people bring me strange things. I've had people bring me, you know, marionette, a marionette puppet. Okay. Me, uh, of me that they presented me with. Okay. Um, I, had, I had somebody, a, a retired guy who spends his days now doing woodwork who made a, a, a face of me made out of small pieces of wood that he garnished and, and oh my goodness I mean those, those kind of things are uh, they kind of blow you away the yeah they bring you lots of gifts do this kind of stuff okay but it's yeah I just love meeting people so you're currently touring so what's next for Brent you know try and stay in TV and film uh, I love the process I love the fact that it's you know, I love the fact that I get to do these two sides of the same coin. This, I get to go out and do stand-up and where it's really just you and the audience. Whatever you do, whatever you think of at the time, it's all up to you. It's very lone wolf activity. Mm-hmm. And, and the other side of the coin is this super collaborative team effort of making TV or film where you're working with other writers and you're working with the editor and the directors and producers and actors and it, it, cinematographers and lighting guys and it, it, you know you're trying to get everybody to pull in the same direction and utilize everybody's talents and so you know I just love both so much mm-hmm. but you know it's kind of an interesting time for my production company Sparrow Media we're just transitioning into being a company that doesn't just do stuff that I create and write but um, that will produce things that other people write. And so it's a very exciting time getting to work with uh, some other creative people. So where can we find more information on Brent Butt? Best place is just brentbutt.com. I always post stuff up on there. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter probably way more than I should be. 
Just that brain butt. And Facebook? Do you have a Facebook I account? Do face, I don't do Facebook no? at all. Oh, you don't do Facebook, so it's there's just some, Twitter. There's somebody out there that has a, fa- a Brent Butt Facebook account, but I don't know who it is. <laughs> but it's not you. <laughs> so before we go, Joe Bickerstaff, my producer, and the Beach Booster Group send their regards to you. And have you ever been to Wasaga Beach, Brent? I don't believe I have. Okay, well, I just want to let you know that Corner Gas and Wasaga Beach have a lot in common. There are both small towns, except Wasaga Beach has the longest freshwater beach in the world. Hopefully, you can come and visit us. Yeah, that would be nice. I would, I'd love to spend some time. I'm nothing if not a beach bunny. You're not a beach bunny? Oh, well, we have lots of stuff here to do. You can do, there's walking, there's cycling, there's trails, there's lots of stuff. Brent, you don't know me very well at all. Do you? <laughs> no, it doesn't look like I'm it. walking. <laughs> So thank you, Brent, for being my guest. Thank you very much. You're listening to Beach Corner on BeachBoosterRadio.com. Don't go away. We'll be back after this short break. You are listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's truly local radio, broadcasting directly from the world's longest freshwater beach. Well, this is a wrap for me. I hope you enjoyed my repeat phone interview with Brent Butt and hope you'll enjoy Corner Gas animated television series on the Comedy Network. Special thanks to Brent Butt and the Feldman Agency for making this interview possible. For more information, visit brentbutt.com. With Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio, I'm Dinah Chickie. Beach Corner's broadcast every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. and also available on podcast anytime from our new Beach Booster Radio podcast page. Simply click the podcast button from my homepage to enjoy unique and local programming. Beach Corner is also a regular feature in Beach Booster Publication and coming soon to Wasaga Beach TV. If you would like to be featured on Beach Corner, please contact Diana at BeachBooster.com. I welcome your visit to my Facebook and Twitter pages. Bye-bye, everyone. The preceding program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Written, recorded, and produced in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. We thank you for listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's only locally owned and operated radio station. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. Hi, this is Brian Smith, Mayor of the Town of Wasaga Beach, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio.